0: The Blast From Our Past Network.
1: Hello and welcome to The Blast From Our Past Podcast. We're the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam.
2: And I'm Julia. Hello, Julia. Hello, fellas.
1: How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys? Doing marvelous. If you would, tell the folks at home where you are from.
2: Yes. Um, so I am 50% of misinformation, a trivia podcast. Um, you may be familiar with my co-host, Lauren Taglaferro, who was on uh, talking about her her boy Peter Gabriel. Um, but yeah, so we, we're typically a weekly trivia podcast. We kind of take a deep dive into a topic and then do a 10 question quiz at the end that may or may not be related to the topic we just talked about we're on a little bit of a hiatus right now um which i say is because we were doing like a book report a week basically (laughs) like there were some episodes that i was putting in like 20 hours of work into and i was like you know what it's summertime we're gonna all relax and drink some wine by a lake and take a little break so um but you can catch all of our backlog you know Every our back catalog everywhere on and any podcast uh, app you listen to,
1: and uh, I'm a huge fan of your show, um, which is partly how this came to be. Uh, we did, as you mentioned, had Lauren on um, because I heard an episode where she was talking about Peter Gabriel, and just I, I could hear the passion. Oh, and uh, Adam and name. I also uh, love Peter Gabriel, so we're like, you know what? Let's talk about so. So we brought her on. Then, not long after our episode aired, I heard you guys again talking about another band I love, mm-hmm. which would which was Fleetwood Mac. And you were talking about this, and I was and I was like, "Oh, well, now we got to get Julie on to talk about <laughs> Fleetwood Mac." And here you are. Yes, like thank
2: you so much for having me. I'm I'm delighted to to talk more about this band that has just mm, they've just they just have a nice little place nestled in my heart. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I uh, we we talked, well, God, it seems like a long time ago now, we actually did an album breakdown of The Dance, oh, which was great. their, their live, album, live album from 1997, uh, and as I remember, Adam, we're both pretty big fans of Fleetwood Mac. Oh yeah, absolutely. Our
3: mom was a, was a big fan. She would constantly play, I feel, either The Dance or Tango in the Night, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Rumors sometimes as well, but... Uh, I'd say particularly those two albums so partly through that but yeah like the dance has been an album always in my rotation um and so you know as well as obviously like greatest hits or other stuff as well so yeah Fleetwood Mac is just absolutely phenomenal very excited to be doing this top 10.
1: So um just a little bit of a background Julia what is your experience with Fleetwood Mac?
2: So, yeah, it was a it was a band that my mom always listened to. So like all of her music when I was growing up was like very stuck in the 70s, <laughs> early 80s. Like she didn't really move on to like the modern, you know, the contemporary music that was happening at the time. Everything she was listening to was like Carly Simon and James Taylor and Fleetwood Mac and, uh, you know, bands, bands just like that. So um, that's what I always listen to in the car with her driving around. Um, so Fleetwood Mac has just kind of always always been there for me rumors is like a desert desert island disc for me absolutely that that's one of my top five albums ever um, and it, I was really excited to like take it again like I took a deep dive into them for uh, for our, an episode of misinformation and they just you know I feel like it was it just made me learn so much about about all of the people and all of the drama and it may kind of help to make more sense of some of their later songs the, just like mm-hmm. knowing more about their background in history. And again, the drama, um, it's terrific.
1: <laughs> and the drugs can't forget the drugs. That's
2: true. <laughs> uh, heck yeah. You can't forget.
1: <laughs> no,
3: I always love mentioning, uh, what Stevie, Stevie Nixon like the mid eighties <laughs> had a dime sized hole in her septum from all the blow. And which is why I took a couple just so I could get in the mindset I took a couple (laughs) stiffs and so I'm "I'm good to go baby I, you have to be ready for the Fleetwood Mac mindset. And so that's the only way to do it, right?
2: We had um, a podcast listener reach out to us to say that their mother worked at the clinic that Stevie Nicks went to in the wow. 80s as oh like, rehab and that like she got to meet her. And it was very cool. And that's a story that she's been like riding on at cocktail parties for the last two decades. Yeah. But I was like, that's, that's pretty great. Like a couple more degrees from Stevie Nicks is great.
1: So you brought up something there that I want to touch on. Um, listening to music in the car. I feel like that is a big thing for our generation and Mm -hmm. our parents' generation. Um, and, And I don't just mean like, by yourself, like putting your headphones on. I mean, like the whole car having to listen to the same music, <laughs> and it, it's going away. I feel. Oh yeah. Um, and I've actually gotten to the point where, on occasion, I, I have two children uh, who are currently uh, eleven and eight. I will, on occasion, I will make them not—they won't allowed to be to have their iPads or anything like that. They just have to listen to whatever I'm listening <laughs> to, um, and I try to play older music because I feel like they're going to get exposed to enough newer stuff Mm -hmm. that they're going to miss a lot of old things because that's how I feel Adam and I got our exposure to a lot of older bands that's how I came to love the Beatles um you know Fleetwood Mac Mm -hmm. you know Michael Jackson all this stuff that our parents were going to play and we were kind of forced to listen to (laughs) either in the car or at home and I feel like that's going away
3: You're, you're dead on though every every time i see like a kid in a car they have headphones and an ipad in front of them like or something like that and um or they have the dvd player and headphones and like you know in a minivan or something so you're right like it's from what i've seen it has gone away and damn it we should definitely be forcing our kids you know into greater cultural uh you know quality in my opinion with some of these Mm -hmm. um you know older bands
2: I have a one year old and the amount of Taylor Swift that she's gonna be listening to in the car with me is uh she has to get ready for that. So
1: wow. She's gonna have some bad blood for you later on in life. Oh, oh, man. oh. Uh, she'll just have to shake it off. Yeah,
3: yeah, go.
1: Um Yeah, and I'll I'll be honest, Adam, there there are times that I don't wanna talk to my children in the car and I will just like just watch your iPad. Yeah. Or I want to listen to something that I know that they can't listen to. So that's, mm-hmm. then I will make them put on their iPads. But yeah. on occasion, I will kind of make them just listen to music and because I think that's important. All right.
2: Absolutely.
1: Let's get into our top 10 Fleetwood Mac songs. I am so excited for this. Adam, would you start us off with your number 10?
3: I would. Um, I would say this is going to be a list. You know, I, I typically try and be like, well, I'm I have a feeling this one might be on somebody's list, but Julie, I don't know your which Fleetwood Mac you lean towards, and John, I know you can sometimes be all over the board with some of um and th- with their stuff, and they have such a deep catalog. Absolutely. They do. So um, this is just a fun, I think almost kind of silly-ish song, but it's just really, really enjoyable from uh, Tango in the Night. It's Little Lies is my number ten.
1: Higher on my list.
2: Way okay. higher on my list. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: okay. <laughs> all right. All right, well, then we'll save that. Um, You know, Adam, you're right. Uh, First of all, Fleetwood Mac has an enormous catalog because they've been around for a long time in different iterations and kind of different styles. Also, I love a lot of their stuff, and I can't imagine any song that's going to appear on anyone's list I'm going to have a problem with, even if it isn't on my list. They're all great songs. In fact, I had a very hard time whittling it down to Mm -hmm. just 10.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, it could go anywhere. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump in with my number 10. Um, I actually don't expect this one to show up on a lot of people's list. Uh, it's possible it showed up on yours, Adam, but I think I have more of a nostalgic tie to it. This one is also from Tango in the Night. And I always found this song to be a little quirky and funny, but it always stuck with me. And I think the nostalgia is why it made my top 10 list. My number 10 is Family Man. Walk
0: down this road.
3: Not on my list, but literally, it actually did make my initial breakdown for the exact same reasons you just
2: talked about. It yeah. is. It is such a yeah it's pretty goofy like once you (laughs) yeah like if you're just sitting there listening to tango in the night and you're just like you're in the disco mood and you're in like Mm. everybody's ooh, it's intrigue ooh, it's sex and darkness and whatever and then it's like i'm a family man Man. it's so it's it's very yeah it's a very big left turn on that album
3: (laughs) but you're right john i i've same with you like it, it is one that got played At our house, during cleaning, I know mom put on Tango in the night, like, when we Mm. had... And and the way we did it, Julie, I don't know if you did something similar. We had a, you know, a big old stereo, and mom would just put on some albums, like, on the three-disc changer or whatever, and crank it up. And the entire house was listening to the exact same (laughs) stuff while we would be cleaning different areas of the house.
2: That's a good memory. And also, like, a good way to, like... Make you um, more enthusiastic about cleaning, too, because I know, yeah, Saturdays were chore days in my house, and we didn't have quite the same uh, quite the same ritual, but <laughs> I can see that that would work.
1: I'm pretty sure our days were Sundays. Yeah. Because we all, oh, we, there were three of us between my brother and sister and I, and we always had some sort of activity going on on Saturday, and Sunday was the only day off, which meant it was cleaning day, mm-hmm. which was not... We did not consider that a day off. No,
3: John. John was almost always resigned to the garage or the basement.
1: I feel either of (laughs) those. Yes, not fun. Uh, All right, Julia, why don't you give us your number ten?
2: You know what's funny? My number ten also comes from Tango in the Night. I'm going with Everywhere.
1: Higher on my list. Oh, okay. It did not quite make my list, but that is also a great song.
2: It's one of my favorite Christine songs. Yeah.
1: Yeah, say that. All right, well, let's go ahead and swing back around, Adam.
3: What's your number nine? We do not have to wait long because my number nine is everywhere from of <laughs> the Night. <laughs>
1: All right.
0: Can you hear me calling?
3: Uh, yeah written by Christine McVie uh, hit number 14 on the Billboard Hot 100 um it's just yeah it's a it's a wonderful little like soft rock song but very catchy love that chorus you know mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah, it makes you like, makes you bop your head like this when you're listening to it. And yeah. It's, I, it's a
3: podcast, Julia. They can't see your
0: head. <laughs>
2: well, everybody, you know, like just imagine you're bopping your head to everywhere. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's like two versions of the music video, too, which I think is really interesting. There's one that has um, the whole band in in this story because they're kind of like recreating the poem The Highwayman by Alfred Noyes. Mm-hmm. And the other version of it doesn't have any members of the band in it at all. It's it's nuts.
3: That's wild. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I kind of like the um, uh, their their harmonies. I think it's definitely kind of synthed up harmonies. The, uh, but they they have like the, the kind of the background. It's definitely a lot of synth stuff in Tango in the Night. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. That they use and uh, it just it it works well. It's also you know it's a nice little lovely almost romantic song. You know I want to be mm-hmm. I want to be with you everywhere. Like mm-hmm. that's cute. Like that's a cute yeah. little thing.
2: Absolutely. We'll give it the cute stamp of approval. I also wanted to point out that Everywhere was the first CD single released by the band in most places. So it's interesting. We went all the way from, you know, vinyl to to CD with them, of
1: course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my number nine, I'm actually not expecting to be on anyone's list because I went deep. I went way back uh, in fact this particular song was released as a single but did not actually make it onto an album until they put it onto a compilation album and it's an instrumental and it's called albatross
3: Not on my list. Um, I did have to look it up because when I was kind of doing some research, that one was their only UK number one hit, and so I had Mm. to check. I was like, "Wow, I got to check this one out." And it was yeah. And then I was like, "Really? That hit number one? (laughs) Only because it's an instrumental?" Not that I disliked it. It was just kind of interesting. It was very different.
1: Yeah, but you got to remember there was. If you go back and listen to uh, songs in the sixties, there were actually quite a few instrumentals that kind of hit in you know in the in in the higher Mm -hmm. Um, You know, billboard spots uh, much more then than now. I think now the audience doesn't have a lot of patience unless it's like techno. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The audience doesn't have a lot of patience for like a like a rock blues instrumental song. Right. Um, It's very chill. Um, but that's what I like about it. And
2: you yeah. make a good point that like there were there were a lot in the 60s and I would say like early 70s to a lot of like just instrumental songs that would that would hit like number one on Billboard. And those are mm-hmm. all good things to memorize for pub trivia, because if you get an audio round, you know, once a year without a fail, there's an audio round that's all just instrumentals and it'll always have like the what is it the miami vice theme song is always a big hit (laughs) and then there's you know popcorn from the 70s and all this stuff so it's Mm -hmm. just good to memorize those things too yeah
3: Yeah. you you put it john that is such a chill song like it you listen to it and i definitely just kind of want to i don't know almost be like you know near a beach and just kind of sit and just kind of you know soak things in it's like you
1: have to expect to hear waves in the background something (laughs) like that I, i should mention it was uh written by peter green who was the original uh lead singer i believe Mm -hmm. of the band um back when they were like almost strictly a blues band Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if you go listen to stuff there's some great blues stuff going on 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 those early albums uh all right well let's go ahead to julia's number nine
2: all right so my number nine and because rumors is again one of my favorite albums ever i i Pretty much, I I called a lot from my list from Rumors, so this might end up higher on somebody else's list, but Dreams.
1: Higher. Higher. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, All right, Adam, number eight. Number eight. Um, I think there's
3: a definite, well, you know, who knows? Actually, my first three have all been from Tango in the Night. My my ten, nine, and 8 have all been Tango in the Night, but the version that I'm going to call for my number eight is not from Tango. It's from the dance Because uh, I really, really like his version of it on that album um, And it's Big Love
0: Looking out for
3: love
0: the so still Oh, how big.
1: My number eight is also Big Love, but I prefer the Tango in the Night version. Interesting.
2: So this is one that I that I played for Lauren I think it was probably the first time that she heard it and I was telling yes. her like okay this is the disco song like it was a big like dance chart song and there's like all these oh ah's in there and like Lindsay's doing all of the O's and ah's and I was like yeah and like people think it's like a lady singing with him in some parts but it's him and like it kicked in like right when I was saying that and she was like I don't care for this at all like just like the oh Like all of that from the song. It's, it like (laughs) it in a way, it's somewhat distracting, I think. It, it like when you get to the middle of the song, but it it is, it is a fun song. I really, that's one of my favorites off of Tango in the Night.
1: Yeah. And actually, in the the Tango in the Night version, um, those parts are mixed very loud.
0: Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I was
1: listening to the other, uh, actually yesterday, and I noticed. Wow, they really do stick out. Like they probably could have blended those into the mix a little bit better. Um, They didn't need to be because they're very much right in your face. And if if your music is up loud enough, they come out of nowhere.
2: It it might be a song that if you're listening from the album version, uh, maybe you want your kids to have their iPads and their (laughs) their headphones on because otherwise it's like what is happening in this song, everybody.
3: Yep. So, I mean, the, yeah, I do find those little bits a little bit awkward. And it is, yeah, a little chill synthy, but it's fun. Um, yeah, for me, specifically the dance version is that guitar. The Lindsey mm-hmm. Buckingham classic guitar picking. And he does a phenomenal job on that album. And then when you hear him, um, I, particularly in the dance, he gets really emotional with his voice. you know, And his, like, oohs and ahs are... They're extra. They're They're way extra. Is <laughs> a
1: great way of saying it.
3: <laughs> and I, I really like. You know, they're not. They're not modified like they are on the album uh, right. on Tango. But uh, there's just there's just something about it when it's like it's just him and he just he wails on that guitar pick. And I think ultimately that's why I like the dance version better. But that's quite funny that you <laughs> you prefer
1: Tango. So I, I I just like I like the the kind of synthy, yeah. you know drum sound and everything that I got going on there. Um, and I do like the dance version it's its really mm-hmm. cool you know way of presenting that song i like when artists you know can find new ways of doing their their stuff like that um but when i went back to it i think in the end i just preferred tango cool all right Julie, what's your number eight
2: so my number eight it's it goes along with dreams really it's what it's what stevie nicks called a twin song to dreams and it's from rumors and it's lindsey buckingham's go your own way
1: higher on my list no, not on my list all right I figured there was going to be a, a good number of this because a lot of their big hits came off of some of similar, similar albums. So, yeah. uh, all right, Adam, what is your number seven? My number seven is a song. I'm, I'm pretty sure
3: is high on John's list because I think the last time we talked about it, he mentioned it as, uh, as, as a high respected song and it's from an older album before Lindsay and, um, Uh, Stevie Nicks joined it, and it's from the Mystery to Me album, and it's called Hypnotized. Higher on my list. That's what I thought, yep. Because after you mentioned it, I really listened to it some more, and I was like, oh, damn, that's good. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it later.
1: Uh, All right, so my number seven, much like uh, Adam's number eight, uh, originally came off of a different album. I believe it was off of their second self-titled album because they've had they had one when they were a blues band and they did another one when they've kind of became the more pop band that they are um but i prefer the dance version of say you love me
0: I'm t-
1: Uh, I love this is the one on the dance that they did with like uh, they did it separate uh, from uh, from their set uh, Lindsay played banjo mm-hmm. on it um, I've always loved that version of the song and in fact I think if they had never done that version this song would not have made my top 10 um, it's a good song it's a fun song but i loved the way that they did that Mm -hmm. and it makes me go back to it a lot more often than i think i would have
2: that's terrific yeah i love when when there is like a live version of something that you prefer over the the album one and you're able to kind of um recommend that to folks i love hearing stuff like that
1: yeah yeah
3: just, just, kind of listening to it quickly behind Yeah, that that um, that banjo. Kenny kind of he starts it off with the banjo. Um, yeah. Kind of gets, and then he kind of keeps the bed of the banjo throughout the entire stuff. And you get yeah. you get like the whole band like singing with that one in the dance version. It's kind of nice when they do all kind of come together um, on a song, right. which seems kind of rare.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> it, it,
3: it just it makes it makes it a little bit more pleasant and friendly through some of the tough times. You know that this band has had. Uh, that yeah. it's kind of nice to hear all the voices at once.
1: And I remember they, they did it was a fun little part of the DVD because they brought everyone to the front of the stage. They gave Mick Fleetwood this little cocktail drum kit, stand-up drum kit. Um, and they all were like right in a line front and center playing the song. So it was a nice little moment of kind of making it sound and look more intimate um, than otherwise would have been if, you know, the band was kind of separated on a big giant stage like they were for most of the rest of the songs. All right, Julie. What's your number seven?
2: My number seven is off of Mirage uh, from 1982, and it's Gypsy.
1: Higher. Oh, yeah. Didn't make my list. Okay. All right. Well, we'll come to that one. Uh, Adam, what is your number six? My number six.
3: Um, so if this means four of my uh, bottom five are from Tango in the Night. <laughs> this is. I think my last one from Tango. So my yeah my highest on there. Um, it's a fun yeah, fun song by Stevie Nicks, Seven Wonders. Yeah.
2: It's a terrific song.
1: Yeah, didn't make my list, but it is a great. I love that song. It's a great song. Yeah, it is. um, It hit number nineteen
3: on the uh, Billboard Hot 100. Um, In the song, uh, Nikki Nikki Stevie (laughs) Nicks remembers a love affair from her past, and she's she's singing that even if uh, she should see all the seven wonders, doing so would not compare to the beauty of that romance. Like that's a wonderful little thing. Um, You know, it's just it's catchy. It's, I yeah. really, really mm-hmm. find this to be a catchy song where I just kind of, I end up, hell, John, I was actually singing this one to myself before Julia hopped on. And it's just oh. because <laughs> as I do, like, that's one of them that just kind of stuck in my head. And it's just like, you know, I, it just kind of keeps coming back out. So it's fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. So my number six has already been said, but I have a feeling that it's actually going to go higher. So I'm not going to say anything. My number six is Little Lies.
2: It's higher on my list.
1: Okay, <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. I kind of remembered hearing you yeah. talk about it on the on your on your episode, so yeah, I wasn't, I'm not surprised there. So let's go ahead and go to your number six. Uh,
2: my number six is my last one off of Tango in the Night as well, and it is the titular track, Tango in the Night. Like it didn't, it wasn't one of their like big singles that came off of that. Um, It still ended up getting, you know, to like 28 on the, on the billboard charts or something like that. But like there were a couple, obviously a couple other more popular songs from that. But I just think it's, it's a very fun, like it, again, it it goes along with like kind of the disco-y vibes, the synthy vibes you're getting from that. And it has like a really great bridge. And again, it's a very great car song.
1: Didn't make my list, Adam.
3: No, I mean same kind of thing, you know. I um, tango is now not one specifically that that I tend to go back to. It's funky. It is mm-hmm. God listening to it back now, just a little bit more different and doesn't doesn't hit me in, in the same spots. But I do just want to say I think tango into the night is an album that I think gets overlooked and overshadowed by mm-hmm. rumors or even yeah. even the Fleetwood Mac, like you know their white album, whatever. But heck. So many songs. We've already mentioned so many in a top 10 list from a band who has so many awesome songs that if people out there don't know this album, go check it out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that was the end of our bottom half. So we're going to swing back around for our top half. Adam, what is your number five? Uh, My number five is what I would consider has become
3: the ubiquitous Fleetwood Mac song, or maybe more so the ubiquitous Stevie Nicks song. Um, It's absolutely wonderful, covered many times, and it is a landslide.
1: Not on my list.
2: You know what? I th- I love the song so much, but I didn't put it on my list either.
3: Yeah. Interesting. Uh it just to me at least I feel I feel like it's um it's become their biggest song mm-hmm. only because I, I mm-hmm. hear it on the radio more than anything. And because people people love it. And Dixie Chicks did a version, Smashing Pumpkins did a version. Uh it came from in the nineteen seventy five album Fleetwood Mac, uh written by Stevie Nicks. And uh the the dance album version Actually, did go become a single and hit number fifty one, uh, but the first one wasn't. Right. It, didn't, it didn't chart at all. But so it's kind of funny how I feel like I hear it more than any other of their songs. Um, but it's just it's stunning, and I'm not sure if I prefer the dance version or the original. I'd say they're both equally uh, solid. Um, yeah. But it's just it is a song that you know it makes you stop and just kind of want to just you know just sit and appreciate the beauty of that song.
1: Uh, all right, uh, my number five was already mentioned, and I can't remember if it's going to go higher, so I won't say anything. My number five is dreams. Higher? Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about that one later. All right, uh, Julie, what's your number five?
2: My number five, people either love it or they hate it, uh, and I have come to love this song in the last year or so, just listening to it over and over. Tusk.
0: Why don't you ask what's going on? Why don't you ask the leaders don't?
1: didn't make my list. Yeah, I didn't didn't make my list either. Oh my God. It is a fun song it's though. It's
2: so yeah. fun. So yeah, you know, if Fleetwood Mac had they came out with the Rumours album in 77, it was like the biggest hottest album for like, you know, For like a whole year, and then they were like, Here you go, here everybody, have some more money, uh, make a great (laughs) album. And so, Fleetwood Mac, they decided that Tusk was going to be a double album, they spent like a million dollars making it. Apparently, nowadays, that's equal to like three and a half million dollars. They, um, they made their own studio, they decorated it with all kinds of crazy stuff, and of course, lots of lots of um, expensive food and and drugs and alcohol (laughs) and that kind of stuff. And then when they dropped like Tusk as the first song from this album, people were like, what the heck happened? (laughs) So Tusk, it was, um, this was like, You know, a brainchild of Lindsay. Um, So they did like a lot of digital mix down on this. Um, In addition to the normal drums, they also played with like a bunch of other sounds that they had in their studio. And like famously, like uh, Mick and Lindsay played a spatula on some lamb chops and a Kleenex box on the track. So those are (laughs) quote, those are listed as like um, instruments that are part of this song. And then the the yeah, they, they were
3: so high <laughs> they, <right?
2: laughs> i don't know i'm just gonna take some lamb chops and see what happens um and then they got the usc trojan marching band to play on the single and at that point in time it was the the record for the highest number of musicians performing on a single and like it there's so few words to it it's just like a right. very like it's a good song it like builds there's a, you know that we got all the instruments from the marching band in the middle it's um kind of like a mysterious eerie song and as i think someone else described it as like nervous and jittery but and also <laughs> so the it, title doesn't make any sense it you know but it is it's a really great it's a really great song I if you if you're one of those people that was like again what the heck happened after rumors <laughs> just like go back and re-listen to Tusk it's it's definitely the I think it's the best song off of that album um but it's it's also real, a lot of fun I
1: uh, I actually, I mean, I've listened to both versions. I prefer the dance version. I just feel like it has higher energy. Okay. Um, and I, I feel like it was sort of, I don't know, it was kind of crazy. Plus, you know, it was cool having the surprise yeah. of the USC marching band coming out to play that one. I'm like, hey, we brought the band back. Hey! Um, and, you know, and, and I was a, I was a marching band person for a long time. I actually taught high school marching band for a few years. Um, so I I tend to prefer that version over that one, but it is a fun song, and I, I, I actually, um, I played in a band for a while where we played that song mixed in with like two other songs. We played it as part of like a medley, ooh, and I think I think it was if I remember correctly, it was another brick in the wall,
0: nice.
1: and then we went and then we morphed into the theme song from the movie Flash by Queen, and then we went to Tusk. <laughs> Okay. If you imagine those, and somehow we made it work with all three of those, um, but it, it's it is such a fun song.
2: That's yep. a lot of fun. Yep.
1: High energy out the wazoo, and the way John puts it, um, just yeah, how they bring it in, like particularly the dance version is just <laughs> freaking awesome. <laughs> and then anytime I hear the song, whether regardless of whether it's the dance version or the uh, studio version, afterwards I have to yell USC marching band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Adam, where are we? i am I'm, I'm lost. Uh right. that was your
3: number five. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember how are we doing it? Was it it was me to start?
1: Was it yes. me, yeah. you? It okay. was me, you, then Julia. So Julia's yes. five. Okay. Uh well that was Julia's five. Oh yeah, that's right. So my four so, yeah, your number four. My number four
3: uh was Julia's six or seven. I can't remember which one, but it is from the Mirage album and it's Gypsy.
0: So I'm back. A good song. It's so
2: good and it's I like I I realized that I'm I'm getting like very partial to uh to Stevie Songs higher up on my list but um it's just so it's like another like very dreamy song it's very catchy um it's the the lyrics actually like make sense <laughs> you
0: know what I mean yeah. like sometimes
2: <laughs> you're like singing along and you're like oh I don't know what the hell that word meant but okay
0: Tusk. and then, yeah <laughs> What? (laughs) What?
2: But it's just like, like you can feel like the nostalgia that she has that, you know, that they say that one of the, you know one of the themes about it is like she just thinks about going back to her life with um with Lindsay before Fleetwood Mac you know whenever they were very poor and just like sleeping on a mattress on the floor and she thought Mm. that she she always said that like that you know she put a vase and a flower on the table next to the mattress and just made her feel better about things and it's just a very I think it's a very sweet song
3: it is Uh, I'm with you um I definitely had a bit of a um preference to some of the Stevie Nicks songs. Four of my top 5 are Stevie songs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but this one, I think another thing that it's just it it blends so well with Stevie because even just the name Gypsy. Yeah. you get a vibe from I mean, you know, a lot of people you think either like Stevie Nicks you think you know, witch is what, <laughs> what some people think. <laughs> and I, and to me I kind of think more she's she is very free-spirited gypsy kind of woman. And so yes, as you kind of mentioned the, the bed the story of the bed and just kind of like back to their life when when they had no money mm-hmm. and like that is the kind of like hippie gypsy woman I see when I think of Stevie Nicks Definitely. so I think all, all of that works really well to to make the song just so high and and, and just wonderful absolutely gorgeous
1: all right uh, my number four was mentioned by someone and I apologize I can't remember who mentioned it uh, but it is Go Your Own Way
2: Yeah, I think I had that just a little farther down because I felt like it and dreams just they travel together, so I needed to oh, keep that's them together fair. toward the bottom of the list. But yeah, that's another. It's it's so yeah, it's high energy, and um, again, the lyrics make sense. It's <laughs> <laughs> that helps, um, but yeah. yeah, it's a it's a terrific Lindsay song.
1: Uh, I've always loved the the production of this one. I feel like. Um... I know it's a small thing, but I feel like the acoustic guitar is used very well as its own instrument uh, because the electric guitar starts off. And anytime you have an electric and an acoustic, a lot of times the electric is going to overpower the acoustic, or the acoustic is just there for its sort of rhythmic qualities and that that is the case here but the way they mix it they make the the acoustic guitar pop out a little bit more Mm -hmm. and it to me it makes it makes for a really cool like sonic sound
3: i mean isn't this one famously about like you know buckingham say all right fine stevie you can go your own way or something like that right it's just just one of those many many songs about (laughs) Uh, they're interweaving of banging each other and falling apart and like, eh, <laughs> screw you, I hate you now. All right, but I love this other person and all this kind mm-hmm. of weird stuff. And this is this is one of those songs that just fully exemplifies that.
2: <laughs> yeah, like I think um, uh, Stevie like famously said with, with Go Your Way and Dreams kind of together, she said, mm-hmm. quote, Lindsay is saying, go ahead and date other men and go live your crappy life. And I'm singing about the rain washing you clean. We're coming at it from opposite angles, but we're really saying the same exact thing.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. Maybe hey, hey, it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah. For both of them. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, Julie, what is your number four?
2: My number four off of rumors is Gold Dust Woman.
0: Thousand lovers pick their prey, but they never run cry out loud. Cry out. What well, did she make? It- i didn't make my list yeah
3: yeah it didn't make my list either It's it's a good one
2: it's a good one it's a stevie song it's another one of those ones where you like read about how they recorded it and you're like this is this is wild so apparently like the you know the the final take that is actually what's on the rumors album Stevie like wrapped her whole head in like a black scarf so that you know she couldn't see and she couldn't hear she could just sing and so she was kind of like doing sensory deprivation thing just so that like she could tap into her emotions and again they got a lot of weird instruments on that track um including breaking sheets of glass so like Mick Fleetwood is wearing like goggles and coveralls and he's just like bashing glass in the studio and apparently he was like just trying to he was trying to do it on cue to the music but they (laughs) was just like failing so can you picture this guy just like they're in a studio and he's just like smashing sheets of glass and they're like all right we gotta we gotta take this again it's so (laughs) But it's a really fun song, and it um, apparently the the title refers to a street where Stevie Nicks grew up called Gold Dust Lane. But when you listen to the lyrics of Gold Dust Woman, you're like, this is about cocaine, isn't it? Because I think like <laughs> the fir- like the very first thing that they sing is about like you have your you get- start your day with a silver spoon, and you're like, is that <laughs> is that what we're, is that what we're talking about, Stevie? But I think it's a, I mean, it's a very. You know the the chorus is very is very great and it's very poignant, and sticks with you, and it's just another you know another great thing from from rumors.
3: Adam, you're number three. My um, number three. My number three has not been said yet, so I'm curious if it's this high on everybody's list or maybe I just like it better than y'all. Uh, it's another Stevie song, and it's uh, another one that kind of refers to a female. That she sings about. This one is a Welsh legend. And my number three is Rhiannon.
2: That's also my number three.
1: Did not make my list.
0: Okay.
3: So, from uh, the Fleetwood Mac album, 1975, it hit uh, number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100. And apparently, yeah, uh, Rhiannon's a character from Welsh Legend. And Stevie, when she was doing this one live um, every now and then before she would start it, she would say, This is a song about an, El- an old Welsh witch. And then she, <laughs> she'd go on with it. But... It's it's a beautiful song. It's got some haunting elements, but it just it moves very well, and actually, kind of have almost kind of grooves to me, even mm-hmm. a little bit. So, yeah,
2: yeah, it's a gorgeous song. Uh, all
1: right, so I'm kind of surprised my number three hasn't shown up on anyone else's list, which makes me wonder if it's going to show up at all. My number three is The Chain.
2: That's higher for
1: me. Um, okay, and, and not on my list. Okay, all right. Well, then, what is your number? Oh wait, your number three. My number three was, was also Rhiannon. Yep, that's mm-hmm. right. All right, we're popping through pretty quickly. Adam, what's your number two?
3: My number two has been on both lists, and obviously, I just had it a little bit higher than everybody. It's dreams.
1: Okay, so,
2: it's a
3: beautiful uh, song.
1: Fantastic song.
2: Yeah,
3: yep. So uh, it is their only U.S. number one hit. Um, hit number one back in 1977, obviously from Rumors, another Stevie song. It's just, it's great. It's chill. It's just absolutely beautiful to me. It's the kind of song I want to sit back and like, I don't know, have a cup of cocoa or something or a hot toddy. You know, I mean, it's just got the the thunder, all that, all this kind of imagery in the song mm-hmm. that just. Makes you to me, it feels like yeah. I want to be sitting in the mountains in a cabin, you know, in the rain and just Mm -hmm. kind of sit and enjoy,
2: let it wash over you.
3: Yes, let it wash (laughs) over you exactly. uh, Mm -hmm. I guess if that's the mentality she's trying to give us, then yes, she did a fantastic job.
1: And uh, thanks to TikTok, a few months ago, made it back to the top of at least the Spotify and Apple charts, Uh. um, and made them a lot of money.
2: Yeah. I, wow. and I think that's a great story, too. I think we, we talked about it on our episode, too. But um, yeah, it was uh, like just this 37-year-old guy named Nathan who was, you know, just skateboarding down the oh, road, drinking the skateboard drinking an ocean spray ah. cran-raz juice and, you know, just singing along to dreams. And it was just like a very sweet Thing it wasn't like somebody trying to be an influencer and make you know a million dollars right. from ocean spray, I'm not sure, right. Um, I don't know if that's their demographic really, but um, <laughs> it was yeah, it was a very sweet story.
1: Well, and it, it helped that uh, after it got popular, Mick Fleetwood basically just copied his <laughs> paid his homage to him, and that helped elevate it even more because all of a sudden, oh wait, Fleetwood Mac is now on TikTok and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and um. <laughs> And it, it does go to show. It goes to show you the weird things just go viral on the internet for no reason. Um, and and as I gonna say, to his credit, and I think he should he should have he embraced it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan did. Um, I forget I, his his handle is like dog face it's something. A, which is,
2: yeah, yeah, it's a create uh, like four twenty two oh eight. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> dog with
1: two G's. Everybody. Yeah, two
2: G's. that's important. Yes.
1: That's important, (laughs) Um, but I think he got like a free truck from Ocean Spray out of it, and which is you know what? Good for him. Good for him, exactly.
2: Because he was like he like skateboarded to work or something like that. Like he was a like hardworking family man.
1: Family man. Um, (laughs) And it's nice (laughs) that he. (laughs) Well, I think it it helped because a bunch of people, like a lot of people, I saw so many recreations of that TikTok on the app that I think Ocean Spray stock went up because everyone was going out to buy Ocean Spray cranberry juice. So like they probably were like, here, take this truck. You deserved it.
2: A win-win for everybody.
1: Exactly. Uh, all right. I think we're on my number two. Yeah. Um I'm kind of surprised this one hasn't shown up on Adam's list, only because I know we talked about it when we talked about the dance and how much we loved this song and, and how we both assumed it had showed up on another album, but it hadn't. It actually only first showed up on the dance, and that's temporary one. Oh yeah, that's a very good one, but yeah, didn't not on my list. Yep. Okay. The more I listen to that song, the more I love it. Gotcha. Um after we talked about the dance, it made a it started making more appearances in in my Fleetwood Mac rotations and I've just come to really love that song cuz it sounds like classic Fleetwood. Even though it, it was it was written not for The Dance but it was per, it was first premiered at on the, that DVD and it's uh Christine, I think it's one of Christine McVie's best songs.
3: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's, it, it moves very quickly. It's got a good pace to it. So mm-hmm. it's fun, uh, a lot of action with it. And then, yeah, you get the whole band with it. So you're right. I do remember us talking about how how the heck was this not one that uh, that we had before. So, yeah, yeah, very fun song, very good one. I recommend it. You know, I think a lot of people probably don't know it um, mainly because it just being kind of from the dance. So And
2: you know what? Count me in on the people that don't know this song.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. Actually, I think it actually they made a single out of it afterwards, and I think it went to number one in Germany, Ugh. of all places.
3: Uh, well, it went to ninety number ninety nine in Germany, according. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, not number one. <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. But but it only but I think it only charted in Germany, so the Germans okay. loved it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it also went in Poland, at number thirty six. Oh, good for them. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, it, that's a it's a great song. If you've never heard that one, I I highly recommend it.
3: Yeah. Because just as John said You'll hear it and you'll be like Oh yeah, this is definitely This is definitely like a good old Classic-y Good moving Fleetwood Mac song And then you're like Oh wait, no That was for this album Which
1: is wild Yeah All right, Julie What's your number two?
2: My number two As we've kind of uh, alluded to Several times at this point Is Little Lies From Tango in the Night But
0: I couldn't find a way So I'll settle
2: Um, it's, it's another song that when I played it for Lauren, she's like, I had no idea this would, this was Fleetwood Mac. And I think that mm-hmm. that is an, is. I think that's true for a lot of people. I think that this is one that like I probably heard when it was like on the radio in the eighties and nineties and just like it never registered to me. And then once I started like going back through, like once I had Fleetwood Mac's whole discography available to me, thank you to the streaming music (laughs) on the internet. That was, I like just kept coming back more and more to the song. And so it's very synthy. It's very like, it's very sultry. Um, I feel like it can apply to a lot of situations if you're very, very angry at somebody you just broke up with you can play this song if you are <laughs> in a good mood and you just want to sing really loud in the car this is a good song um it's just I feel like um oh, something like uh they tried to use it as like a theme song for this show on tv land called Younger that I actually really I love very much and it would have been very it would have been a really good theme song for it but it ended up it not hitting um but yeah I think Little Lies is 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 clearly my my second most favorite Fleetwood Mac song.
3: Uh, Adam, were you going to say something? Oh, yeah, yeah. It hit uh, number four on the Billboard Hot 100, and actually, uh, to date, it's their most recent top ten hit.
2: Yeah, isn't that nuts? So, it's from like 1987. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's there's something particularly fun about this song, and a lot of people, yeah, may not make that connection with the Fleetwood Mac because it doesn't have like that classic Fleetwood Mac mm-hmm. sound, but hell, it made all three of our top ten lists, so yeah. it's it's an important one in their
1: album. This is a okay. weird observation, but I just noticed a lot of their biggest albums all landed on the seven. Rumors yep. was 77, uh, <laughs> Tango in the Night was 87, and The Dance was 97.
2: Yeah. Ooh, well, look at that.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's a important. Probably not, but you never know. <laughs> uh, Alright, we did it. We made it to our number ones. Adam, has yours been spoiled yet? Mine is the only one that hasn't been spoiled.
3: (laughs) Okay. So, all right, go me. Um, Maybe I just have this a click. But this is another one from The Dance, obviously an important album for me and John, which is why we talked Mm -hmm. about it uh, a year ago, whenever it was. Um, And it was one that actually, it was uh, previously unrecorded. It didn't show up until 2003's, uh, what is that album? Uh, Say You Will. So this one, for me, was first introduced in that 97 album, and I've just had a particular personal tie with this song. I fucking love it, uh, and it's Bleed to Love Her.
0: Once again, she's
3: This song is not even just a favorite Fleetwood Mac song. It's one of my like top five songs. Period. It's one that I can just play over and over and over again. It's got that great Lindsey Buckingham picking that I've mentioned before, mm-hmm. um, and I really, really appreciate his style. is so unique, and I think he does a fantastic job with it. But to me, the song the song is romantic. It's sweet. It's just. It's beautiful. It makes me think about the good times of putting your all into someone and love and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm a hopeless romantic at heart <laughs> and I'm just like, I love loving. And so this song makes me feel that, um, I can, I can listen to the song literally at any moment and it will make me happier.
1: I did actually struggle with putting that on the list that, that might've made my number 10. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also a song that I kind of attach myself with, uh, on the dance, um, I think originally was meant to be on just a Lindsey Buckingham solo album that never came to fruition, um, and just and was eventually put on uh, on their studio album later, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm.
3: Which the studio al- album version not nearly as good to me. Uh, they mm-hmm. change up some things. He actually, I think, he does some I don't know some things with the vo- with his voice that don't work as well, and and also probably because the first time I heard it was the dance, mm-hmm. so that's the one that I connected with the most. Yeah.
1: Um if you ever get a chance uh, there's a guy named Joe Chester who did a cover version of it that's pretty good it's it's okay. pretty uh, it's it's very much like a a sort of a you know singer-songwriter acoustic version very similar to 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 Lindsey's but Lindsay has a dis- more distinct voice mm-hmm. so it's a good version I still think Lindsay's is better but I I enjoyed Joe Chester's uh, all right so my number 1 uh, was spoiled by Adam Um, And it really should come as no surprise because it also made my top 10 songs from the 70s list Mm -hmm. that we did, Um, and this is one that uh, I uh, came in love with because our mother played this album, and I've listened to the whole album. And this is really the only song I I really attached to, but I attached hard to it, and I love it, and it's cool. Um, It's got Bob Welsh singing, so it was in that sort of weird space in between when they were a blues band and when they became the pop band that we know and love, Mm -hmm. and it is hypnotized.
0: Yes, the same kind of story that seems to come down from long ago. Two friends having coffee together When something flies by their window It might be out on that lawn Which is wide at least half of the playing field Because there's no explaining your imagination can make you see and feel Somebody me. wants nothing
3: Time. So yeah yeah it came out 73 mystery to me. Um, this song is so chill. Yeah. like I yeah. just want to vibe to it, you know like it, and honestly John, because of that list that we did the top 70s list, you kind of brought that back into my head because it was one another one that is like, oh wow. I forgot that that was Fleetwood Mac, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the older Fleetwood Mac. But you heard, you've heard that song. Mm-hmm. Everyone out there, I mean, granted, we'll we'll play it in here, but I guarantee <laughs> you've heard that song on the radio somewhere. And it is just a awesome, fun, but like hip, chill song. I, I need a doobie right now. Is kind of what <laughs> it's how I feel.
1: It's kind of trippy. If you yeah. listen to the to the lyrics, it is kind of like weird and trippy, and he's taking you on some sort of journey. Mick Fleetwood's drum beat. Is hypnotizing, which I, I mm. works really, really well with the song. And it's just it's come to be much like how you said you could listen to uh bleed to lover anytime anywhere. I'm the same way with hypnotized. I would I would drop whatever I'm doing to listen to the song. All right. I, what is your number one? And
2: my number one, it has been said, but um it's from rumors, it's the only song on the album with writing credits from all five members, and that is The Chain.
1: Such a good song. I thought it was the perfect song to open... Uh, their dance album with, which is what they did, because it is kind of a slow burn to start. Absolutely, yeah. Which I think is a great with with the with a live show. You either have to start with a slow burn or just with a punch to the face. If you if you start anywhere <laughs> in between, to me, it, it kind of ruins the vibe. So, mm-hmm. I think that was. And for some reason, in my head, for the longest time, without actually going back to look at the album, I was like, oh yeah, that's the first song on Rumors too. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. but um I love that one it this was actually the when I was learning how to play bass guitar this was the first Fleetwood Mac song I learned how to play because it's got that cool riff from John McVie right. um so like in the middle when there's a, like a little bit of a breakdown mm-hmm. so I remember being in high school and I'm like I'm gonna learn that lick. and I did and it was a lot of fun
0: <laughs> it yeah.
2: yeah it is a, the whole song is a lot of fun it yeah like you said it, it is a slow burn and I like that it um, apparently it was created from combinations of, of like previously rejected songs by all the members which is why they all have a writing credit on this song is like there's a chunk from somebody's song here and a chunk from Stevie's song here and a chunk from Christine here and they just blended it all together and it, it ended up being magical.
1: Sometimes yeah. it works well like that. Uh, the Beatles did it to great <laughs> regard and, and I, I'm not shocked that uh, Fleetwood Mac had the same success.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's yeah, sort of thing. I get...
1: I get almost like anthem vibes from this one because
3: you just, this is one that if we were listening to this, all three of us right now, if we were in the same room, we would just all be belting it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just get together and, you know, you, you kind of go arm in arm. Um, it makes you feel like a, like a team. I don't know. Yeah. And, and the way that they put it all together and all of them are, did work on it together. And um, yeah, exactly. There's There's a lot of camaraderie with the chain yeah
2: <laughs> which is great because uh, there's so much uh, tum, uh, tum, so many other tumultuous things on rumors that you know finally yeah. we get one where everybody's kind of united it's great all
1: right uh do we want to do any honorable mentions
3: yeah i think it'd be good too Absolutely. okay there's a lot there's so many good songs so that we many songs. haven't really mentioned <laughs> yeah um i w- i want to start off actually with a song that I don't think anybody out there knows, or very few people know, is actually a Fleetwood Mac song. Uh, really, it's a Peter Green song, mm-hmm. but he wrote it, and it was first uh, released for for Fleetwood Mac, and that's "Black Magic Woman."
1: Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm not. Uh, I've actually never heard that version.
3: Yeah, and that's ultimately why I didn't end up putting it on my list. I mean, out of respect, "Black Magic Woman's awesome, and that's why I considered it. But you listen to it, and you're like. Yeah, Santana did it better. It's, you know, it's, it's it's Santana's song. But right. just for the fact that it was first released by Fleetwood Mac is something, a good little trivia bit. The, the only one, the one I'll throw out is um, uh, Sarah. You know what? Uh, that's another one from, uh, I think it was Mirage.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: but it is uh, another one that I think gets overlooked. But another Stevie song. Uh, it's good. So good. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah I think. Uh, yeah, Sarah was on Tusk, and Tusk,
3: that's right. That the other. That's right. The other one on Tusk. It. Um. Yeah, that's it.
2: Apparently, her original demo of the song was 16 minutes long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow.
2: Like I don't know. All right, Stevie. Uh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to cut a little bit of this. Okay.
1: <laughs> like most of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. I'll mention a couple. Uh, one that I've actually really come to love, and it is very much a traditional blues song uh, from the from the Peter Green years. It's called Need Your Love So Bad. It is a great, great blues song. I highly recommend. Um, another one that I'll mention actually off of uh, Tango in the Night that I think didn't get mentioned is Caroline.
2: Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. That's a,
1: yeah. that's a fun one. That's definitely Catchy. one I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... uh all right, Julie, you got a couple? Yeah,
2: I think uh, I'll throw my honorable mention at uh, a song from Mirage. Actually, um, Can't Go Back is a lot of is a lot of fun. It's another like um, he's singing and then other people kind of chime in with the chorus too. like can't go back, can't go back. It's it's a, just a fun song.
1: All right, well, I very much had a lot of fun talking about Fleetwood Mac. Before we go, Julia, why don't you just remind the people where they can find you out on the interwebs?
2: Same. I thank again, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Um, yeah, so I am part of Misinformation a Trivia Podcast, where you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we're on uh, Twitter at MisinfoPod. We're also on Facebook, and you can you know reach us those ways.
1: And that was our top ten Fleetwood Mac songs. That's- Please join us next time for a patron episode. Brian McClure returns to discuss the 1985 film Lady Hawk. Go over the cartoon series Voltron, Defender of the Universe, and recast Lady Hawk using Actors of Today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at Blast Past Cast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time.
2: Hi, my name is Scott, and I host a nostalgia cast called People Don't
1: Forget. Join me each episode for a deep dive into all things nostalgia. Do you remember your favorite songs from the year 2000 or the TV shows you watched in 2003? If
3: you don't, that's okay. Listen to People Don't Forget and take a particular journey with me on Memory Lane.